Right, are we all good? Yeah, we're good. Hi everyone and welcome to the Promotion on a Budget Championship podcast. This is our first ever episode. Obviously me, Ducker. I'm Josh. I'm Lewis. Uh, obviously me and Lewis are Norwich fans. Unfortunately. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm saying that as a complete joke because they will both double team me. Um, no, joke aside, I'm a Reading fan, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, someone's got to support us. I'm one of the 12 fans that we have and about one of the 10 people we get in the ground on match days. However, there are no fans in the grounds at the minute. Um, do we even want to go there? Right, no, let's, let's keep that as a whole different debate. Right, so we're going to review the first... Uh, three game weeks that have just happened uh, so we'll go on a game week one Josh what have we got first so the Friday night fixture of game week one was Watford against Middlesbrough newly relegated Watford at home at Vicarage Road in what would normally be quite a kind of bouncing ground as we've seen from years gone by in the Premier League obviously in my opinion I don't know if you guys agree probably one of the more shock relegations yeah. out of the lot I didn't expect them to go down at all um, that result was a 1-0 win for them. Uh, Craig Cathcart popping up in the 11th minute with the goal that separated the two sides. Now, I think for me with this one, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't score more. I mean, Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough, since Neil Warnock has taken at the helm, they've been a different outfit. They've been one of those teams that's really kind of been kind of a bit of a struggle for teams to play against. I mean, I don't know what you guys saw of the well, game. Middlesbrough always have been... Like they've always like they've always, always screamed Brexit. You look at the Tony Pulis days. I mean, apart from the Isaac Karanka days, but no, Middlesbrough always have been a tough team to beat. I mean, I know Norwich have like just gone through like a stage of just beating them one 0 at the minute, and we've done that for the past few seasons now. But no, they've always been a difficult team to difficult team to play against. And I think with Watford, you do expect them to score more goals. You know, with the likes of Troy Deeney, they've brought in Glenn Murray. You know, East Mother side didn't play that game, but Semmer players like that. You expect them... Even, um, even Jao Pedro. Even, yeah, Jao Pedro, ranks. obviously, I yeah. Think he's playing more over Troy Deeney at the minute, but um, I, I can't remember who started in that game. Just as a reference point for the time that we are filming this, Arsenal have just gone 1-0 up against Liverpool. Who scored? Uh, I don't know. Let's have a look. A bit off topic. Do excuse us. We'll probably edit this out. Fantasy out. team. Yeah, one for the fantasy team. Oh, Lacazette. Oh, no, not, not, not ideal. Um, going aside from that, Lewis, what are your thoughts? What stands out to you from that Friday night fixture? Well, I think the main point is that you don't, for a team coming down, the main thing is collecting points. So yeah, they didn't play particularly well, but they got the win, they got over the line, especially against a Neil Warnock team. I mean, Middlesbrough last year, I mean, no one expected them to be as low as they were, but they just kept with Jonathan Woodgate for far too long. They've now got Neil Warnock, who's got tons of experience in championship As much as I don't like him and not do many Reading fans like him for that matter just a reference point not that you guys probably knew about that a lot of Reading fans don't like Neil Warnock it's one of those things you, I don't know if you guys have probably got a manager from time gone by that you don't like oh, Paul Lambert <laughs> who said that I, I wonder why was it I wonder if he was um, a certain rival team for a while um, no well, I mean everyone's everyone's got a few managers that they don't like but yeah no Neil Warnock is definitely one of those that Reading fans don't tend to like. No, Norwich have a similar experience with Neil Warnock. Uh, when we were in the Championship 2011, uh, it was us and QPR. Oh, 2011 was a great year, actually. That was, a, that was the adult to rapture. That was a very that good was, year for Championship football. What, what year was that? 2011, 2012, was no, it? No, oh, 2010. See, now that was a more painful year. I did not... <laughs> I, I liked that season. I did not like the end of that. So that, that year hurt. Oh, was that particular... 
Welsh ending to that. That was a Welsh end to that season. <laughs> I still have heartache and still have nightmares over the four-two final. Scotty Sinclair. Uh, it's a shame. Well, we'll I'll get. Well, actually, we'll get on to Scott Sinclair in a little bit. Oh, um, yes. Let's let us go down to the next game, and I think looking at this one right now, uh, Birmingham City beating Brentford one 0 Brentford obviously coming just a bit like we were talking about just then, a bit of promotion heartache. Um, they obviously were so close. I mean, I don't know how much you guys saw of the kind yeah, of they, running. They, they, they realistically should have gone up over West Brom. They had the chances. They didn't take them. All credit to West Brom, though. They did do very well last season. But um, Jeremy Baylor with the goal for Birmingham City. Again, Birmingham, one of those sides that kind of... I would say they probably struggled a bit last season. I mean, Jude Bellingham going out the door over the summer for them is probably their main talking point. Um, how he's now not with the club. He's obviously gone on to pass his new with Borussia Dortmund. Fair play to it. It's going to be a great, great deal for him um, and can really show how much he might be able to kick on. But what kind of... Obviously, being, Brentford being just missing out on promotion, what would you say for you guys? I think you, you look at Birmingham winning. They've just hired Ida Karanka. Uh, who always really does have a positive effect on when he goes to new clubs. I think you do look at when he joined Nottingham Forest a few years back. Nottingham Forest, I think, went unbeaten um, at home. a very solid start. Yeah, they went unbeaten at home all the way to October till when Norwich beat them 2-1, where Tim Closer scored uh, two goals. What a memorable way that was. I'm I'm not not surprised you managed to get Norwich involved. I mean, I've done the same with Reading. I I always will. uh, Disclaimer now, we will try to be as impartial as we can. But I mean, I think there there will be... when, When we play them and we inevitably lose... It's going to be really interesting to see how they handle me in the next podcast. But we'll come to that when we play you in, like, December. I yeah, think. it's a long time yet. Um, but, yeah, no, Ita Karanka obviously has come in and he's had a really positive effect on the club. Um, Brentford, on the other hand, is... They, see, at the point, they have sold Ollie Watkins. Yeah, I don't think... I, I would say they didn't have Ivan Tony completely through the door at that point. I might be wrong, and I will stat-check myself. But at the same time, you look at Brentford, they have Mbwemo, uh, they have uh, Ben Rama, they had him at the time, they had the Silver, I believe. Um, and they've got a lot of quality players. And they, they re- realistically, they're one of the top teams in, in, the, in the championship. I don't know, Ivan better. Tony did play that game. He did, yeah. yeah. So even Ivan Tony, obviously, he's come from League One. But I think one, of the, one of the big ones... I'm not sure whether you may have picked up on this in your notes, Lewis, so I do apologise for I'm about to say what you're going to say. Uh, Matthias Jensen, Jensen, yeah. however you want to say his name, I'm not great with pronunciation, he went off injured in that game. And I know he was a big loss. driving force for them last season. Lewis, what do, you, what do you kind of take from that? I know we've kind of said a lot and we'll let you talk first for the next one. But uh, Well, Brentford, straight up, you can have all the players, but it's about the mindset. Brentford, however much they were like a surprise package last season, they did bottle at the end. They had two great chances. It was in their hands. They just had to win, and they threw both of them away. For a play- and then it's sh- such a one of those game. games being against Barnsley as well, who bear in mind were tipped at one point to be deadbeat gone going into the last game of they, the season. They should have been gone if the Wigan thing didn't come into play at the end of the season. Yeah, they would have been, and I think they got they well, yeah, got very lucky and very unlucky at the same time to um, Charlton, who had that kind of struggle go their way, unfortunately. And as well, as well, Brentford are very unlucky in the playoffs throughout their entire history. I don't think they've ever won the playoffs at all. I mean, 2015 yeah. was a good year, weren't it, Lewis? 
We'll have to, I think what we'll have to do, and again, this is me going off the cuff, we'll have to look at some, we'll do years in focus, yeah. and we'll maybe give that, that kind of content a look as yeah. well. Because, I mean, there's been a couple of seasons where Leicester have been down. Well, there's, there's some good teams that we can really kind of look yeah, into. Some... I mean, I think notably as well, the West Ham era down, when they were down in the Championship, I, I think you guys might have just gone up. Yeah, yeah, we did. And yeah, we did. West Ham when they were down in the Championship, they had some unbelievable players. Oh, Cole, Ricardo, Cole, Ricardo Vazquez, what player? I mean, he, I'll go as far to say James Collins, but um, the only thing I can remember him doing was kicking somebody and getting sent off against us. Um, again, me going on about Reading, I'm not going to go there. We're going to move on now down to Wickham Rotherham, which Lewis, I'll let you kind of take your thoughts on Rotherham's one nil away win. First of all. I mean, that was what, was that a 90th minute winner? 90 second minute winner from Michael Ihikwe. I'm not even going to... Ihikwe? Ihikwe. Rotherham fans, please... um, Yeah, let us know down below or send us a message. Let us know how you pronounce that because I'm going to struggle. We'll call him Michael. We'll call him Michael. Because that is his name. Um, So yeah, uh, two teams that have come up from League One. I mean, Rotherham, they're a bit of a yo-yo club between Championship League One. They're too good for League One, but they just can't seem to get it going in the Championship. I think there is a few kind of yo-yo clubs going on around at the minute. That wasn't a dig at you. (laughs) (laughs) You you walked yourself into that one. I was actually more going to refer to Barnsley. Yeah. Because I think they, again, did very well to stay out last season. Um, be interesting to see if they go back down. Blackburn have kind of bought themselves away from being that yo-yo club. I know I think yeah. they had a couple of up and downs, if I remember rightly, but they've now kind of cemented themselves, and we'll get to that shortly. But but no, I like what Paul Warren's doing there. He's he's got a good, uh, he talks a lot about mental health, and he, he looks out for his players. They're like a family club on and off the pitch. So I like I do like Rotherham. He's also got uh, Norfolk relations, but we'll not. I was waiting we'll to get that in. <laughs> we'll, not, we'll not dwell on that too much. Uh, as for Wickham, I don't think anyone expected to see him in the Championship this season. And whether it's a, a league too high for them, we're yet to see. I mean, you look at Barnsley last year; everyone said they were dead set to go down. Same with Luton, I think. And Luton as well. Yeah. So two two small, uh, well, League One clubs come up to, to go down, stay up. So Wickham, Wickham can do it, and it's the championship. It's the most impossible league to predict. Yeah, what I will say on that, Matt, is that Luton, they have played in the top division of English football. Uh, they have, the sleeping giant. Yeah, they nice. have played in the second division of English football. Wickham have never got to the stage. From what? No, this is this Wickham. With their financial status, you know, they're still playing Ali Bayo, Akin Fenner up front. No disrespect to like he's a cracking player, but he's past it now. I disagree. I think for, as a championship striker, as a, I, I think he's past. As a championship striker, I'll tell you what. Put some respect on the man's name. I reckon he could terror when he's fully fit. Obviously, he's out injured. Yeah, minute, unfortunately, I reckon he would terrorise defenses just from the sheer strength. He will be able to hold off most, if not all, defenders in the league. Yes, he might not be the quickest. Yes, he may not be the most athletic in terms of being able to sprint in behind. I don't think Wickham will need that. I mean, no, I know, maybe not. I know any Chairboys fans that may be listening in, um, they will probably agree in the sense that the football that they play does kind of suit him. I mean, we had Wickham last season in the um, first round of the Carabao Cup away from home. Wickham took Reading to penalties. I know, again, me mentioning Reading, but just to kind of highlight Akin Fenwa here, he could have had a last-minute winner. 
um, he actually hit the crossbar with the last, probably one of the last kicks of the game. Uh, they can be a threat, and I think they will be a threat if they get their mojo and if they find they could be one of those teams that does surprise us. As much as we may kind of in amongst our own predictions kind of back them to maybe not do as well. Um, I think it's a shame how they have started their life in the championship just off of game week one. Yeah, we'll come to the rest of their fixture shortly. I do really, as much as Reading and Wickham are supposedly a rivalry, I really do hope that Wickham can kind of continue their fairy tale because I would love to see them do well this season. And while we're on the conversation of Wickham, when you were talking about Reading there in the cup, Norwich, the year we won the championship two years ago, we played them as well in the cup, and they and we only beat them four three at their place. So even before last season when they took up they have been building up this this team. It is they it can at times be a little fortress when obviously again we're talking about when fans are allowed into grounds. But they can create a lot of atmosphere. I mean I know I've seen many a video online before of people that have gone to Wickham and really enjoy the atmosphere. Obviously they've got the standing terracing. Um, even in the away section where you guys may probably have been before, it's not exactly kind of um, it's not cramped it's kind of it gives you that ability to kind of be with everyone it gives that kind of community club feel um, and again like I say I like everything they're doing at Wickham and I do really hope that they can achieve bigger things than what um, a lot of people will tip them to this season Right shall we move on to Barnsley Luton? I'll, yeah. I'll let you kick this one Obviously, off Obviously yeah so Luton won one day I think it's more or less expected I think Barnsley realistically if Wigan didn't have that unjust against them Barnsley would have gone down um, and you know Luton rightfully stayed up last season and I think um, especially if you look this fixture did actually occur after the restart and obviously what we've got to bear in mind is since the restart a lot of teams haven't had a lot of time to do no. much and I think this is where over I think in the next week obviously with um, being at the time of recording there being a week left at the transfer window it'll be really interesting to see what teams can get done I know a lot of teams have done a lot of business and some teams especially looking down this list um, some of the players that have scored you can look and say look there have actually been some quite good bits of business done um, by various teams and I think Luton if you look at them after the restart were very very good and I think they're kind of continuing that on as they push and I mean they beat Barnsley after the restart they've beaten Barnsley again and they've also beat Norwich in the first round of Carabao Cup I remember that game 3-1 um, and they look they look a force I think James Collins is really you know he's a proper English football league striker he'll I, score across the division. I mean I think one one player that I've always had stand out for me at Luton because Engelawala is currently at Luton. Now, if anyone is a football fan, you will know the name Luwa Um I think he is probably one of those players who just... He, he can change a game on his own. Even how, like, kind of... He may, he may come off the bench. I know he's done that a few times um, of recent years, but he is a game changer. It's that simple. He can come on. He can really affect how the outcome of the game is. Um, but I don't think I've got much more to say on that game. It's a fairly standard one nil, oh, and we've only had one nil up until this point. That is true. Let us it's take. Been, it's been down to Nathan Jones, really. That is very true. Yeah, I mean, I do think it was a bit unfair him being sacked from his previous job. Well, at Stoke. Yeah. At Stoke, yeah. I think it was a bit of a kind of. I don't think he should have ever left for Stoke. I think Stoke is a was, he, was he sacked or did he leave? 
leave. I thought it was sacked. It was sacked at Stoke, but I don't see why he ever went to Stoke and left Luton. Because Stoke, don't get me wrong, big club, but you look at the mess they're in. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when Stoke came down, I backed them to actually. Everyone did, but then there is such a mess behind the scenes there that it's just just not going to happen, is it? Them. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be. A, I think it could be an interesting season for Luton. I don't know what you he, might have said. He needed this. this. I mean, the way he left Luton, the, the fans hated him. If he didn't go back there and get positive results straight off, I mean, the position they were in the league table as well, he would have been out the door before this season even started. But he's gone there, he got them survival, and now they're flying at the start of this season. Right, so we'll go on to the next one, and this was the goal fest of game week one. Uh, probably for me, one of the standout results. Uh, Bournemouth back down in the championship. Blackburn, who ended the end of last season really, really strongly, um, just missing out on the playoffs again. The playoff run for last season was so tight for the last few spots. It kind of came down to the last few games. Oh, yeah, uh, saw Swansea sneak into it. Didn't Swansea you? did sneak in over Nottingham Forest, obviously. and um, we'll get down to their results and how they're doing later on but I think to go to Bournemouth I mean you guys would have played against them in the Premier League last season Yeah, we've not had Bournemouth down in the Championship for a while and I say that and when I say we I mean as a collective of the Championship Bournemouth have been up in the Premier League for a few years and again I would say they're quite a shock relegation I didn't expect them to come down with some of the quality they've had and actually they've got quite a lot of money from some of their transfers obviously notably Nathan Ake going out the door yeah you've um, Callum Wilson Ryan Fraser there's some big names that have left so they've got some money that they might invest but even looking at the goal scorers in this one Jefferson Lerma and Jefferson Lerma is no, he, no I believe he is theirs um, and the new boy Dan Juma no, he's been there for a well, while. He, I, I call him the new boy because he's been injured, like we were saying. Yeah, Dan Young, young lad, could a lot of, lot of potential. And same, same with Jack Stacey. Jack Stacey, first, very good for first goal. Sorry, very, very good. Very Actually, good. did very well for Luton um, in the year that they went up from Leeds. Yeah, he performed really well. Um, but what I will touch on as well is if you look at the goal scorers for Blackburn, Bradley Johnson, Adam Armstrong. Can't go wrong with them. Them two have Bradley, been yeah. brilliant. As, Since the yeah. restart, they were absolutely unbelievable. And they've carried that on into the start of this season. And I don't think you can really fault them. As um, Norwich fans, yeah, me and Lewis will probably both say that Bradley Johnson, as a midfielder in front of goal, you cannot have a midfielder better than him. He is top quality. When he was with us, he got 15 goals in one season. As a, like, a midfielder, not even an attacker midfielder, he would like, sit back, like sort of defensive midfielder role. And he'd always come in and score goals. He's a utility man and he is a threat. Um, I, do, I do think um, that that game kind of... It was one of them. It could have gone either way. If you look at kind of the pattern of the goals, Bournemouth went ahead twice. Blackburn pulled it back twice. And obviously the 84th minute winner just kind of took it beyond reach. Um, yeah. I think whether you guys agree, I'll kind of spark up a little debate with you now. Do you think if fans were in the ground for that one, we could have seen a different outcome? What, for Bournemouth Blackburn? Yeah. I think if fans were in the ground... <laughs> Both I, fans don't carry an atmosphere, no disrespect, but no. Um, I thought Bournemouth were very lucky to get a result in that game to start with, because I was listening to that game, and Blackburn were knocking on the door the whole time. It just seemed every time Bournemouth had an attack, they scored. And that's just how they got across the line that game. I, I don't think fans of it would have... Uh, I don't think fans will change that result of the game. I think you do. You look at the two sides. Bournemouth will be more clinical. Um, you would on, on paper. You would expect Bournemouth to win that comfortably. But Blackburn, 
all credit to them, you can see the improvements made there. Because yeah. you, you know, a few seasons ago, you'd have put them you know, bottom half of the table. But now they're starting to come to their own. Adam Armstrong is becoming a really, really good championship player. And they're gonna, you're going to start hearing them knocking on top six soon. Right, Lou, do you want to kick us off for the next one? Right, so we've got uh, Bristol City against Coventry, which finished 2-1 to Bristol City. Uh, we had Patterson, Callas and Godden scored the goals. I think the... Uh, so, yeah, quite an early goal from Bristol City in this one, scoring in the first minute of play, um, obviously being the first goal of the championship season in this one uh, and then Callas scoring t- quite towards the end for Bristol City um, with Coventry what at the time would have been kind of their glimmer of hope but turns out it was just a mere consolation in the um, return of the game again looking at this one Bristol City this would be a good result for them uh, yeah. because going off the restart they struggled and for Coventry coming up um, they won't be too downhearted by that I mean Lewis have you got what have you got in terms of this one I mean, as well, you just mentioned Coventry coming up. I think it's good seeing a club club of that size back in the Championship, where they belong, I think. Maybe even up into Premier League, some would argue. But I'm glad I'm glad Coventry are back up. Uh, I mean, they had a good squad a couple of years ago. We're just diving into a little bit of the history. We had Madison and Armstrong there. That was a very good season for them, but they missed out on playoffs. Just. But they've made it up now. Uh, they took on Bristol City, who's a club that's the last few years they've been banging on the door for the Premier League, but a bit like Derby, they've just not managed to reach there yet. Uh, they got rid of Lee Johnson last year. He was a long-term manager there, so they've just sort of said to him, look, it's not working with you. And they brought the, who's their new manager? Wasn't it his assistant? Or was that Ooh, Bournemouth who hired their assistant? I don't actually know with this one. Uh, that, well, either way, they've appointed a new manager. Let's, uh, I'll have a look into this. Carry they've, on. They've, uh, so they've brought a new manager in, and I mean, they've been flying this season. I mean... Yeah, I think the opening game kind of kicks off for them. You, as a club of Bristol City, someone who wants to be knocking on the door of playoffs or even automatics, depending how well they can do the season. They've got the players too. You look at Jamie Patterson, for example, he's a cracking player um, at, cha- at championship level, one of the best. Um, and as a club of that sort of stature, I guess, you, you need to kick things off with a win. To, it doesn't matter how you win. You can win a scrapper, you can play as poorly as you like, but as long as you get them three points on the board... That mental state, especially how poorly they played last season, that the mentality of the squad will go up, uh, the morale will go up, and they'll, uh, and at the moment, yeah, they'll be, uh, they'll be flying, yeah. So the just to kind of give us all a bit of an insight, um, Dean Holden is the manager. He's forty-one years old. Uh, he was at Oldham in two thousand and fifteen. He was there for a couple of months, and then took over Bristol City about halfway through the restart where it kind of for them the restart really didn't go to plan they were kind of again like you said they're one of those clubs that has been knocking on the door they were knocking on the door a couple of results didn't go their way and as was with the championship last season you have a couple of losses a couple of draws on your belt you fall away um, because that's how tight and packed in it was so you'd look at that and you'd I'd reckon most Bristol City fans would look at that as a very uninspiring appointment Dean Holden and yet, even after you've just said about his lockdown form, he's turned it around this season and uh, they've gone off to a good start. Yes, they have. Right, we'll move on. Uh, Cardiff City versus Sheffield Wednesday. Windass and Jordan Rhodes, as Norwich fans, we, we love them. Uh, they, scored, they scored the goals. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, we've heard, uh, was it minus 12 points? 12, 12 point deduction they, uh, they, going into well, the start of the season. That's a good start. <laughs> it's not a bad start, not a bad way to take it. Especially against Cardiff, you know, top six last season, um, 
So yeah, no, for Sheffield Wednesday, I think they'll be buzzing with that. A bit of a yeah, kind of looking at that one as a Cardiff fan, you would kind of look at that, and you'd probably be quite downhearted by it. In all honesty, um, you'd look at Sheffield Wednesday, very on and off team last season, in my opinion. Uh, Cardiff had very very solid points. But they did have points like this where they were a lot weaker. Now, obviously, they had a management change during the season last season. Um, and I think the main one to kind of pick up on like you have is Sheffield Wednesday are taking a nice little chunk out of that points deduction to keep chasing the boys on zero. I, I, I think yeah, exactly what you're saying. They've got the first win and against a strong card upside as well. I mean, you think of the players they've got. They've got Lee Tomlin there, uh, Josh Murphy. I mean... The team that you'd expect to be in the top six, maybe even pushing top two. And for Sheffield to go off the back of their minus 12, I mean, we were talking about uh, mental state before, about the players. You go into the season minus 12 behind, that's, that's going to put a massive... Big, it, will, a big also, it will also give you that mental state that you've got nothing to lose. That's very true You've got well. nothing to lose. Cardiff everything to lose. They missed out on playoffs. They're expected to go back to the promised land, which is the Premier League. Sheffield Wednesday, they're favourites to get relegated. They've got nothing to lose this season. So they'll, you know, they'll... They'll, they'll play the better football. There's no pressure on them. You think as well, they've got hope because they've got a manager in Gary Monk, who is a very good manager at, the, at this level as well. And you look at up front, Jordan Rhodes scored in that game. He's been off a couple couple years. Like he's he's got he's got he's got goals. But he, nothing he's like a, his he's a very days. very quality striker. Very quality. He's not just second choice. And he, whenever he played for us in that season, that we went up. He scored goals. I he mean, scored goals. even even come, just kind of coming away. I know as much as we do love our clubs, um, he is a quality striker. Yes, he he's always take that to his other club, like you said. Um, for when he was at Blackburn, he is a goal scorer, and if he can find his stride again. I actually do think, as much as we've said that Sheffield have got that kind of gap to chase, they could do it and then they could put themselves in a bit of a threat. I mean, it's not going to be as easy for them to hit the heights this season. 12 points is obviously a very, very big thing, especially in a league where everything is so condensed. One win can take you from being in the top six to being back down twelfth. Yeah, it it was one of them seasons last season, and I think it could be one of them years again this year. Um, I hope it is. From a generic fan point of view, it'd be really interesting to see what teams can be threatening this season and what teams may struggle. Um, and this could actually be the start of Cardiff City struggle, kind of the start of their downfall. Um, I hope not, in the sense that they are a big enough team. And as we good said, players as and well. they have the good enough players to push. Um, but could this be the downward spiral of them? And could this be the start of something for Sheffield Wednesday where they can really kick into the season and go, look, we might be on minus 12, but we're here and we're going to give you a battle for it. All right, we'll move on to the next game, Josh. I'll let you take it away. Right, I will start with this one. And I will be probably the first of many, many Reading fans to admit I did not expect that at all. Um, looking at this, Wayne Rooney didn't start the game. Yeah, uh, He came off the bench just after the hour mark um, and we'd already done the job by then. Lucas Jow and Ovi Ajaria getting the goals just before half-time in the last five minutes. Um, like I say, I didn't expect Reading to get anything out of the game. I don't think anyone did, did um, they? And I think everyone kind of expected Derby to kind of walk over it. A bit like we said in the Barnsley-Luton game earlier, we... Um, Kind of, we played them after the restart. We kind of expected 
any well, I say yeah. we, anyone expected Derby to absolutely walk it. Yeah. Um, very again, a bit of a kind of a shock result, and as much as I'll admit that. I'm not going to say too much more on it because I think it, the result speaks the run, for itself. Yeah, the result really does speak for itself. You see Reading, who are... You, traditionally, you've been in the Premier League. You've been a fair few seasons in the Premier League. You've always been in around the top six. Until recent until years, Until recent yeah. years, yeah, where you've dropped down. But you've always... You've never really looked like getting relegated. You've never really looked... Not... Well, I'll I, I I, I, I debate you on that one. But you've uh, never really couple, looked like... A couple of seasons ago, the year that Cardiff went up... Yeah. Our result, um, us, our league status went down to the final day. Now we were one of the more teams in control. We weren't one of the ones exactly, that were in yeah. it, but the final day did determine. But our you've never really season. seen that bottom three t- side, have you? Um, but even, even say the season, obviously that's a shock result, and you started off things really well. There. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, could, it could be a dark horse. I, as much as I'd love it, I do think we're going to drop off. I really do. Uh, my heart hurts to say that, but my head says we're going to drop off. Um, Interesting one for a Reading point of view, and I mean, you guys may have picked up on this anyway, um, with Mark Bowen leaving the door very, very close, going out the door very close to the start of the season, and um, former Chicago Fire manager Velko Paunovic coming in, taking the helm um, in obviously what has been quite an odd way um, due to kind of the COVID requirements. Um, the, cl- the squad actually didn't meet him in England, they met him in Portugal. Um, to mean that he can actually come into contact with the squad because of quarantine rules. Yeah. Um, now, it's been an interesting start. Like I say, I don't want to say too much on it. Um, but Just something to add with Redden. When you talk about their seasons, you never have a mid-table finish. You're either up there in the playoffs or you're fighting relegation. There's like there's no boring year for Redden. You're even one, one or the other. Apart from last season. Yeah, apart from last season. Well, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that last season was a boring year. I think last season we were actually. It, it, it was one of them. It was a. I think last year is one of them years for everyone that you can kind of write off. Yeah. It was a tough season for everyone. But the one thing that I'm gonna say more on this game, and I don't know if you guys will then have an opinion on this. What is going on at Derby County? No, we don't know. Obviously, we are only on game week one, but we do well, know. That I, I mean, I, I, I'm going based off the restart as well. Based off the restart. Oh, a very what, good point. What is going on? Well, the, the whole club was has literally gone. T- would you to pop would you say would you say Frank Lampard's departure has had a big impact? I wouldn't even say Frank Lampard. I think the whole club is a bit of a mess. You look at the situation with uh, Richard Keogh, um Who else is it? Mason Bennett was it? No, not Mason no, Bennett. It um, was uh, Jack. Was Jack Merritt involved? Tom, no, Tom Lawrence. Was Tom Lawrence involved. was involved. Was there was another one? It was the drink. The drink driving incident. The drink. Basically. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go to drink driving. You also think of their financial things. It's the thing with the stadium that's being appealed now again. Yeah, and obviously no, I'm, fir- I'm not going to comment on that matter. The, the but, 32 um, red. Yeah. Obviously, their their sponsor last year was 32, 32 red. red. It still is. And Wayne Rooney oh, got yeah. the number 32 on the back. There's a lot of fi- lot there, of financial stuff going on at Derby County. Preston weren't very happy with that either. No, Middlesbrough were one of the main ones that voice their dissatisfaction so yeah I mean um, it's all a bit it's an interesting one but look we'll, we'll move on from that yeah, we'll we, can, we can talk about clubs all day but let's talk about results here and a good result being Huddersfield losing to Norwich brilliant for you guys not so great for Huddersfield I'll talk about Huddersfield first and I'll pass it over to you yep. boys to take it away with Norwich uh, Huddersfield again have kind of turned it around uh, County Brothers have gone out the door they've brought new management in to really kind of take them forward for this season 
I don't think they'll be too disheartened at losing at home to a relegated Premier League side. They were down and struggling last season. They kind of had that Premier League syndrome of they've dropped down to the Championship and then they've struggled again. Um, I don't think there's too much really that you can kind of hate about losing 1-0, as frustrating as it is with not scoring. But just to touch on the Norwich perspective, it's a late goal, it's a 1-0 win. You boys must be happy. Yeah, we're happy. Um, but I don't think Huddersfield fans should be happy, personally. Watching the game, um, Huddersfield didn't play poorly. They didn't play poorly at all. They were without that main striker, Grant. Um, but no, they, they looked solid defensively, especially until that Stearman mistake that led to the Adam Eder goal. But as a Norwich fan, yeah, I'm buzzing with a win because we didn't particularly play great. I think uh, our standout performer that game was Oliver Skip. Um, who, who yes. Yep, you reminded me every day. Every day that Oliver Skip is the second coming of Gennaro Gattuso. Um, I no, disagree. His quality, he, he, just, he just did simple things correctly. And as a Norwich fan, you wanted that in the championship. And obviously, it was great to see Amida getting his first championship goal. Good Off young, bench, promising striker. Very good. Yeah, obviously, it was with the Republic of Ireland first-team squad. Um, but yeah, it's also good to see Tim Pookie get uh, get an assist as well. Get him amongst the, you know, getting assistant goals again. Cause it's been a while. I'm going to talk about the, the clubs a little bit because I think they're very similar in the way they, that they work. They both go for a German system. They both got unexpected promotions from the Championship to the Premier League, but they both approached it differently when they got up there. Huddersfield, don't know how, but they managed to stay up the first season. Second year, they started spending money and then they got relegated and they're sort of paying for it now because I mean they've almost got relegated last season you look at Norwich we went up didn't spend any money so we sort of kept the Premier League money yes we went down with pretty much no fight at all we're now down we've got all our assets still apart from Jamal Lewis's left and then Canwell looks to be going out the door and I'd expect Emmy to before the end no, of the week no no don't say that please but, um, I think Emmy Wendy will leave I don't think Wendy will leave I don't think Emmy will leave just as an outsider, because I'm going to take this from an outside perspective, I know obviously you will talk with your heart. As much as you don't want to admit it, you will talk with your heart over your head. Um, I think you've done very well to keep hold of some of the assets you have kept hold of. But from mm-hmm. a recruitment perspective, as you're probably about to go on to, I'll let you talk about that actually. Your recruitment has been top notch. Recruitment as well. We've, we've now actually now decided to spend, not millions, but we've spent, we're spending money now. Because, so instead of waiting for these players to go out the door, we have their replacements here ready straight to go straight in the team and playing the squad. I mean, we've got Plachecka to, to cover in the Emmy, the Emmy position. Yeah. We had Quintilla in for Lewis. We've got Gibbs in there just in case Godfrey goes. We've got, we've got cover yeah, all, got, o- all over so that we've got Bally Mumba in for Aaron's. You've got, you've got Kieran you've, Dow for Campwell. You've got some very, very solid players to potentially go for. Even Jordan As of Huddersfield, I, I would still say that Huddersfield on paper have got a lot of that decent kind of quality yeah. players. And... I do kind of think that they, if they get it right this year, have potential to potentially be nipping at that sixth, sixth place. Yeah, I don't think they'll I be going into I can't see them finishing higher. any higher than sixth, but if they can kind of get it together, I could see them potentially kind of trying to weasel their way up the table. Um, I think, we'll, obviously, we'll go on to predictions in another video um, on where teams will finish in the league, but I would say kind of, yeah. just to summarise that one, some very good teams, Good result for you guys coming forward after yeah. that. Needed um, it as well because that ended a what I believe was a twelve-game losing run in competitive uh, games. So that that was handy. That's what happens handy. when you play in yellow. That's a little dig, Oxford. Um, coming away from that and everything aside, Mill Stoke and nil nil. 
not really much, not, re- not really much <laughs> we can say on a nil nil. Apart from both teams will probably be quite happy with a clean sheet. Not a bad way to start a yeah, season. I, a think, point. I don't think Millwall would have been expect. I mean, no one really expects a win against Stoke City because they're still a big club and they're still good players. I, I think Millwall fans would be a bit more disheartened with that. They'll, they'll Stoke be a bit fans, more disheartened. Yeah, just be because more disheartened. They, they were kind of again, they were one of those clubs that could have nicked in at the playoffs last season. Teetered off a little bit, but I don't think they'll um, be overly annoyed about it. Solid club. I don't think either team can be annoyed. Exactly. Uh, just talking about Millwall Stoke. Uh, we're going to talk about Stoke. Obviously, they came down like we said before. Everyone expected them to go win the title, hundred points. A bit like Newcastle Wolves. Wolves. Uh, they came down. They spent the money, but kept hold of players as well. I think that's the main Butland, thing. Butland and Allen. You look yeah. at, they kept hold of those players, but something just didn't work. They had Gary Rowett. And I think you could tell from that press conference, uh, they had an EFL press conference before that season, uh, Gary, uh, Gary Rowett made a comment when Phillips was talking about the promotion and he says, oh, that's not what the bookies say. They came into that season very cocky. I think they came in there thinking they are the Premier League club, like they were just in Europe a few years before. And they've, had to, they've paid for that the last two seasons. But this year, I think, I don't know, they've gotten their squad together and I, think they'll, I don't think they'll, they'll want to push for the playoffs as they will every year. Top half of the table. I think. Top half of the table, yeah. like you say, I think they'll push. They'll push up that that way up the table. Well, if they'll get in the playoffs, it depends. It's still early. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see for me. I think with Stoke, um, Millwall again, I could see them knocking on the door of the playoffs. I, think I could so, yeah. also see them kind of going the other way um, and potentially struggling. I like it's, Millwall a lot. I do. I I like them as a club. I mean, you guys might agree never like it when your club plays against them because of the style of football they play but you've got to admire them for that um, Den's such a nice the, the Den is a brilliant well. ground um, with, with when it's got the fans in it it creates a proper atmosphere proper um, football I, I was yeah, yeah proper, proper football and like, like we said with the championship on how unpredictable it is I think that's kind of you, I know you kind of touched on that Lewis um, those two teams very unpredictable one where they could finish especially just looking at that result doesn't give much away. You look at Millwall though, I think a lot, they've been that sort of team under the radar, like they've, they've always been near the playoffs but they've just sort of dropped down to that mid-table yeah. point where no one really looks at them. But I think this year, if they can get, I mean they've got Neil Harris there, I think I think he could get, no, not Neil Harris. Is it Neil Harris? No, he's, he's a, no he left yeah, to go to Cardiff, didn't he? Um, Neil Harris is now at Cardiff. I know they've got someone good there. Boys, we've got, we got to get our research done for managers for next week. Right, let me have a look. Mill manager is... That's Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett. That is interesting. There we go then, Gary Rowett. That is interesting. Just mentioned him about Stoke. Uh, with his but I think he'll be less cocky with Mill because Mill will arm a established Premier League clubs like Stoke City. Is and you think about when he was with Birmingham as well. I don't know why they sacked him when they did in that yeah. season with Birmingham. Oh, that, was, that was bonkers. I, I mean, again, I think that is potentially something we could touch on in a, um, in in a separate, video, yeah. separate video. Right, we'll move on. PE, Preston North End, losing 1 0 to Swansea City with Morgan Gibbs White on loan from Wolverhampton Wanderers getting the goal. Just straight off of that, I think that's a very good signing for Swansea. Hell of a signing. I mean, they got Brewster in last year. I think they know how to identify those young Premier League players who are going to be good. The fact is, Gibbs White's been getting game time at Wolves. It's not like he's just, you know, come out of the blue. He's. He's got game time. Yeah, he has got minutes there. I think they're they're a big enough club to attract those kind of names. If you look at the fact that they've held on to Andre Ayew, yeah. you look at some of the players that they have managed to. I think they've still got Burton Salina. 
Or has he left? I'm not sure with Burst and Selena, but they, they've got the talent. They've, got, they've definitely um, got talent. Same with Preston. I think Preston, they hit quite a tough spot last season. They were kind of flying quite nicely, hit a bit of a tough spot, had a bit of a teeter. Um, I think both clubs have potential to do well this season. Swansea, in my opinion, probably more so than Preston. And that result could just be the start of something really, really good going yeah, on Swan- for them in South Wales. You'd expect Swansea to... I, yeah, I really like Preston. I think they've got Alex Mills uh, is a top championship manager, and he's building his squad slowly. And I really think they're going to push for playoffs this year. They've got Ben Pearson, who I believe is one of the best player, one or at least one of the best midfielders in the championship. Still got Alan Brown, is it? Do they have still have Alan? I'm not too sure on Alan Brown. I believe it. I know they've got Scott Sinclair. Now. Scott Sinclair, yeah, he's a quality player. I think. Uh, what's the striker's name again? Um, Maguire. That's it. Yeah, Sean McGuire, Sean McGuire. The Irish, Irish Yeah, player. he's he's a quick old player. He's Declan runs a top championship goalkeeper yeah. as well. Do they still have the Tim Barkhausen? Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, Tim, yeah. At the weekend. Yeah, Tim Barkhausen. He's still a good winger. Very quick. Uh, yeah, but we'll, yeah, we'll come on to that tackle. <laughs> we'll come on to that tackle when we get down to it. Um, we'll move on from there. Hard, kind of round up game on um, game week one quite quickly with this one. I think there's not uh, there's quite a decent amount to say, but there's not too much to say in QPR beating for, uh, Nottingham Forest at home. Um, wow. I believe it's still called the Keown Prince Foundation Stadium, don't get me wrong, but I'll call it Loftus Road because that's how we all know it. Uh, a Lyndon Dykes penalty just after the start of the second half and then a, an Elias Chair 94th minute goal. Um, good start for QPR, very good start. I mean, they again are one of those teams that has the potential to nip at the playoffs, has the potential to potentially, like to, in all honesty, they are one of those teams that I could see sneaking automatics one season. They're one of those clubs with the quality. Yeah. They can identify the talent. You look at um, Ebieze, who's just gone out the door. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I, yeah. I think that for them, that will be a big loss. But you look at the kind of quali- quality they still have in um, Bright Osai Samuel, uh, even last chair, some very, very high quality players. With QPR, they have lost a lot. You look at Eze, you look at Hugel, who was on loan from last season. And um, Naki Wells, is he still there or has he left? I he was on loan there last yeah, season, but I think he's left. Yeah, so even, even if you look back, back far enough, Yaren um, Barbe, who's now at Brentford, yeah. um, was a very solid centre-half for them when he was at um, Rangers. Yeah. But I think the main standout for that is Nottingham Forest carrying on that downward spiral that they experienced at the end of last season. I don't know what's going on with them. Because, like, you know, you go, you go on. We, we talked about Brentford before, about how they bought it. Forest completely bold. How how did they lose the goal difference to Swansea, who we were talking about in our last they, game? They were pretty much mustered to be in the playoffs. Um, I think for me, how they didn't do it is unbelievable. It's like um, a goal, five goal swing and goal difference they had to have between Swansea and Forest. I'm not going to comment on that because that was our fault. Um, we were dreadful in that game, but let's not go there because that's not relevant. Um, that just about wraps up game week one, I think. Yeah. We will, as well, much as we've been rambling on for the best part of probably what's been about 40 minutes, um, that was a, a game week one. We'll probably rattle through game week two and game week three a bit quicker because we won't need to say as much. I think that kind of, for us, is just highlighted. Yeah. Teams coming down, teams coming up, shock results. There's a few shock results we'll highlight in game week two. We'll but let's from let's get into we it. We said QPR started very brightly, but... Yeah, they've gone on to lose 3-2 to newly promoted Coventry with uh, Matt Godden. That's the second goal of the season now. And Callum O'Hare and Kyle McF- uh, Fadzen. Yeah. Fadzen. Kyle McFadzen. 
Linden Dykes again from yeah, Linden Dykes from and Yohan Barbe, who we were talking about. Yeah, so good win for Coventry. Uh, Nuri Pereira, I think, against an established Championship side such as QPR. I think it's a win that they do need. Um, so yeah, for them, it's it'd be brilliant to get three points off the back. Um, and obviously, I bet they're aiming for survival this season, so that's good for them. QPR, on the other hand, to concede three goals to a newly promoted side is. Especially after such a good win over Forest, it's a bit disappointing. Uh, but still plenty of positives to take. Obviously, two goals scored um, away from home, but the loss itself isn't ideal. We now look on uh, Forest again. They've lo- lo- losing the game and they've lost to Cardiff, who've uh, refound their form after their shock defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Keith Moore with both goals for, for Cardiff. I mean, what, what do we think about that? I'm. I'm not going to go in again. We're not going to. I think this for me is not. It's not one of those results that you can kind of look it's, at too much. Yeah. Kiefer Moore has the potential to be quite a good striker. Um, it's just about his service, and they've obviously got in the service in this game. Not even Forrest carrying on exactly what we've just said. That kind of downward spiral. Um, it's not picking up. And I think they may, they may need a managerial change. I mean, they've signed some good players as well. And it, it will be interesting to see what does happen at Nottingham Forest. Big, over big the result. Few, uh, the, yeah, the big result, big, and big I'll, result. I'll take this one. Yeah. And, Blackburn 5, Wickham 0. Now, an Adam Armstrong hat-trick, scoring a penalty in the 16th, and then bagging one just before half-time, just before full-time. Tyrus Dolan and Derek Williams also on the score sheet, with Darius Charles being sent off for that professional foul that he committed last man, just before the hour mark. Big, big, big result for Blackburn. I don't think you can take anything away from that. But you look at that and go, yes, they've done it against Wickham, to score five goals score in any five game goals is, impressive. is impressive. Wickham will be very, very, very disappointed with that one. And I think it kind of does harm, again, what we were kind of saying. Yeah. We hope that they do well, but that has really, really hampered them. Yeah. Um, and that will be a big knock to confidence. Um, I think, have you, got, have you got anything to add on that one? If yeah, obviously, we, say, we look at Adam Armstrong clearly as a standout player there, getting a hat-trick, and he's really come to his own now. But I think the main player for me is Dolan. Obviously... Young eighteen, young eighteen-year-old. He was at, he got released by Preston, I believe. Obviously, Blackburn's rival club, um, and then Blackburn clearly saw something in him, signed him, and he's been getting you know first team minutes. And now he's getting on the goal sheets. He's you know becoming he's coming on the first names on the team sheet now. And I think you know to find that sort of talent is really really positive for Blackburn, and they're really looking to do good things at the minute. Yeah. Right. Right. Take on um, next right, game. Let's go. We'll go to the next game. Brentford three Huddersfield nil. Obviously Huddersfield carrying on that losing streak, and Brentford coming back into their form with Josh De Silva, Marcus Force, and Brian Embuemo with the goals. Uh, two of the goals from Force and Embuemo coming in the last five minutes of the game. One at a time. One in the eighty-sixth minute. Um, overall, good win for Brentford. It kind of seems that uh, Brent uh, Huddersfield had the stuff and kicked out of them in the last five minutes and. But yeah, um, Huddersfield. It was a much needed win for Brentford after yeah. that opening day defeat. They needed to get points on the board as soon as, just to, just so they don't drop off into that hangover from last year. Again, that's probably quite a disappointing result for Huddersfield. Like we said, a good result for Brentford. Um, I don't think there's much more I can really highlight on that one. I think you guys have kind of smacked it yeah. with what you've said. Um, yes. Take take on the next one. Right, now we go on to Luton 2, Derby 1. Again, Derby have lost again. Luton, as we were saying before, the surprise package staying up last year. They've now got, uh, at this point in the season, two wins on the board. Uh, Derby, just, what can you say about them? They're just 
fallen off. Really are that. struggling. They are struggling. There's something going on behind the scenes of that club, and it's a, it's, it's a whole video in itself. That one. Yep. Uh, I'll let one of you two take the next one because I'll take the one after that, um, and one of you can take the following. I will let you. Well, yeah, one of you guys start on Middlesbrough Bournemouth. Right, so uh, Middlesbrough won, Bournemouth won. Again, you talk about Neil Warnock's side, host, host and Bournemouth. Bournemouth, again, you just need to be picking up points in the championship, really. The main thing is not to lose. As long as, yes, you get the odd draws, but it's about picking up those points in a relentless season, like you have Saturday, Tuesday. So yeah. I, think, I think both of those sides will take a point from that. I think yeah, Middlesbrough will be yeah. happier than Bournemouth. But yeah, I think definitely. I think both of them will take the point from that game. Yeah, I don't think Bournemouth will be this too disheartened about going to Riverside and actually coming away with a point. It's a difficult place to go at the end of the day. Anyway, we'll go on to. I will take the lead for this one, you just so it? just so that we can maybe get a bit of impartiality on this yeah. one. Um, I know both of you boys will probably be disheartened as you a lot try of pronounce fans his first name. Uh, Timu Puki and Plaquetta with the goals from Norwich um, that were either side of Scott Sinclair. And I believe it's Darnell Fisher. Darnell Fisher. Um, scoring for Preston in a 2-2 draw at Carrow Road. Um, from, uh, like I've said, these boys I know are very disappointed with this one. Um, I think, well, I know you were in particular. Oh, well, yeah. Your reaction during that game was quite amusing for me to watch. Um, but a game in which I would say Norwich really should have picked up all three points. Um, Scott Sinclair did very well with that penalty buried it quite nicely against Tim Krull who actually has quite a good track record with penalties quite a hard one for him to do at the end of the day Uh, Preston will be quite happy with that especially going away from home and scoring two goals scoring away from home is never easy um, Carrow never is it well then again with Norwich's defensive track record (laughs) just to add to that game we had 1,000 fans in a pilot for that 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 game so we had a home crowd behind us so the previous two games we just talked about Luton and Middlesbrough I think so. Middlesbrough didn't because Warnock got uh, COVID. Oh, so maybe they didn't. Okay. They were they were scheduled. They to, were though. scheduled to. Yeah, they were scheduled to. But just to just to differ on your point before, uh, as a Norwich fan, I was not disappointed with that result. I was really pleased with that draw. Preston, like I was saying in the last bit, I really think they're going to be up there for the playoffs this year, and I don't think we turned up really for that game. I've, we got a last off within the last five minutes an equaliser in that game. I was I, I was happy with that. I'd take the point in that. Yeah, I think like. I said to you at the end of the game as well, I'll take the point. I'm disappointed with the performance. At the point that you were at half-time, I think you would have taken the point. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot of people would, being 2-1 down at half-time, um, not the most convincing first half it performance wasn't by all means. Um, but if you're happy with it's the also, point, I'll, I'll retract my <laughs> statement of saying you weren't happy with that. I was just going purely off of his reaction because he was absolutely furious. But it's also nice to see uh, Plachet um, first Just to ball. get your own back on me, I'll let right, one of the boys go. take this one and I'll scroll down this document for you just so you can see what we're talking Stretch. about. Because, uh, quite honestly, it was actually quite an eventful game for yeah. what was... Um, well, result. I think the first half, from what you mentioned, apart from up to uh, five minutes four, uh, well, three minutes before the half-time whistle, been, it was quite... Boring game. Uh, all Barnsley. It was all, all, it was Barnsley. all Barnsley, really, weren't it? Yeah, you told me many times. Um, so, there's two sending offs in that game. One coming just before half time to Helic, uh, professional foul, last man. Um, and then in the second half, Definite red card. Definite um, red card. Yaku Mate scoring in the 67th minute, uh, and then uh, Anderson getting sent off uh, for a second book of Will Fender, which was a handball. And then Michael Alise to wrap all three points for Reading. 
Um, in an expected win, really, I think it is, Barnsley are just they're you know very lucky to stay out last season. This season, I don't think they're going to be so lucky. And I think Reading, who did really well in their open game, were expected to grab all three points. It's also very good, you know, keeping a clean sheet again um, is always positive. Um, and getting two goals. I'll let you pick up on this one before I give my remarks on that win. Um, I don't really have any more to add on that, to be honest. I think it's a, I think it's a game that both teams going into it would have hoped to have got points from. I mean, especially especially Reading, which they managed they managed to do. But Barnsley, I worry for them this year. I really do. Yeah, I I think it's going to be one of them years for Barnsley fans. Unfortunately, I mean they they get lucky sometimes. They get they get unlucky. They're one of those clubs, like we said, that has the yo-yo kind of potential. Um, was a very Barnsley dominated first half. Reading kind of really showing how poor we are at home. Um, I really need to stop referring to us as we and try and be as impartial as I can. Um, it was a definite sending off, in my opinion, for the first one for Barnsley. And the second one, it's one of them. It was a second yellow card for a handball. The ball, um, he kind of, he did stop it with his arm. Under the new rules, you kind of have to argue that because the ball was going through and we had a player running through, um, was a definite sending off. Again, a very interesting one to see two red cards this early in the season in any game. Uh, a scrappy goal put us in the lead and then in my opinion what was an absolute peach to wrap up the points um, but I'm not going to say anything more on that I take the 2-0 happy days right we'll move on to Rotherham versus Millwall Millwall picking up all three points of that game away from home with Jed Wallace scoring a goal uh, Rotherham at home I think they will be a bit disheartened about it I won't, obviously Millwall are a very good side and I do believe they'll be knocking on the door for sixth place this season but Rotherham they obviously, like Lewis said earlier, they're a, they've been a yo-yo club for so many years now between League One and Championship. They want to establish themselves. And I think at home, they want to try at least get a draw against Millwall. And um, yeah, unfortunately, didn't. I think Millwall, you know, full credit for their, um, for their win. Jed Wallace picking up a goal, another clean sheet. Well, I don't, no, they didn't get, did they get a clean yeah, sheet? They yeah, they did, yeah, Just against Stoke, out. yeah. So another clean sheet for them. I believe um, they did. Yeah, yeah, they drew 0-0 nil to Stoke, yeah. They did, yeah. So another clean sheet for Millwall, which I think they'll be... Uh, Hugely impressed, uh, hugely happy about. Obviously, being them being a well-known defensive side, so to speak, I think for them they'll be passing with that. I'll blitz through the next two really quickly, and I'll hand over to Lewis for the last one. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, a nil-nil draw with Watford um, away for Watford at Hillsborough. Um, Watford played quite poorly in that game, from what I've seen and what I've heard. Um, again, both teams can't be too disheartened. A nil-nil is a clean sheet at a point at the end of the day, as is with Swansea City and Birmingham City. Um, tough trip for Birmingham down to South Wales. I think they'll probably be the happier out of the yeah, two with a point. Um, again, nil-nil, two clean sheets, point for each. Can't go wrong with them ones, really, especially when you are potentially considered the underdog, which I think in that game Birmingham were. Um, anyone want to add anything on those two really yeah, quickly I before we head to the last? Like I said, I just... Second go, Swansea will be very disheartened about that. I think they would have expected to beat Birmingham. Yes, Birmingham got off to a very, very good start. Um, and they've carried on that good start and full credit to them. But I think Swansea, like we said, they could be a really big force um, in the championship and we're expecting to do well. I think at home against Birmingham, you're expecting to win. And I think that's a poor result for them. And so final game for week, game week two was the Sunday fixture between Stoke and Bristol Lewis takes away yeah Stoke and Bristol City both teams like they want to be pushing for the playoffs Bristol City came out with a 2-0 win Naki Wells and Andreas Wyman get the goals from two very good championship strikers especially Naki Wells you've got players like that in your team but you'll be expecting to push for the playoffs Stoke 
yes, they'll be disheartened by it, but they've sort of just got to get back on the horse and just keep going. I mean, in the season, as we all know, you just got to keep chugging out the results. Notoriously, they are very, very, very solid. Um, kind of going forward, those two. I can't really say anything more on Naki Wells. I think you've absolutely smashed the nail on the head. For me personally, always one of those strikers that when your team comes up against them, um, you know that he is going to have that threat of potentially being on the score sheet. Even Vyman, he's got Vyman, a really quality. Yeah, exactly. Aston Villa, and he's come down to the championship, and he's always really been very good for Bristol City, and he's been there for the past few seasons now, and he's always capable of scoring goals. So, good result for Bristol City. Anyway, on a game week three. And so, just to start off with game week three, we obviously had the Friday night fixture. Um, we'll touch on that one before we go into probably one of the results, the main focus fixtures for the weekend. Yep. Uh, Huddersfield against Nottingham Forest, Fraser Campbell getting the winner in a must-needed three points for Huddersfield. This is what I'm saying. If they can pull off results like this against a team like Nottingham Forest again, they've had a very, very, very poor start. Let's not go away from that. They've had a very poor start. But for Huddersfield to get a team like that, uh, get a result like that against a team like Nottingham Forest, you can't you can't complain too much. What goal as well? I would say though, Forest will be very upset because uh, Hogg should have been sent off early in that first half on a on a challenge. It was it was reckless. He put his boots up on the player's leg, studs down the leg. He should have seen red. And and now this is, this is again that could potentially spark off what might be a future video of does VAR have a place in the championship? Definitely not. Well, that's save definitely. that for another video. We'll save that for another video. Um, I think I'll let um, you take the way away. Can we, take, just, can we just also mention there Campbell's goal? And that uh, game? Yeah, come on. I mean, you, you, you said it. You said it just now, but it was a class class goal. Is it? And I think we put it on our Twitter page as well. Like you said, early contender for goal of the season. It was Latan Ibrahimovic S from Fraser Campbell. He's rejuvenated that younger self of him. You know, I think the only way you can really say is brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. The body, the body movement, just he was stood on the spot and just to get his foot around the ball and just fire that in the net. There's a, a nasty time for Nottingham Forest at the minute. An early derby match in the season at Watford facing yeah. Luton at the Edge Road. The M1 derby, yes, yeah, so Jao Pedro, the youngster, um, getting the all important goal in that game. Um, and I don't think Lumen can be too, too disheartened about that. Um, obviously, you look at the, you know, the, the quality difference between the two sides, you always expect Watford to win, and you expect Watford to knock a few goals past them. I think um, as a Watford fan, you'll be happy. You've got, you've got your one up on your rivals, you've got the win, you've got the three points. But, Luton, but I would, if I was yeah. a Watford fan, I'd kind of look at that and be like, could have scored more. We should have done better, we could have got more. Um, and they haven't convinced me so far this season. Yes, they've been unbeaten, but they haven't convinced me. They had a golden chance as well in that first half. They had uh, uh, Collins with the header hit the underside of the bar. So don't be thinking, should be 1-0 up at that point. I mean, obviously Pedro scored on his birthday as well. Nine, 19th birthday, I mean, he's a young, young player. Coming he's forward. got a very, very bright future. Very promising player. Uh, but you could also say, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name here, but Sluger. The oh yeah, Luton yeah, goalkeeper. Yeah. He made some fantastic saves to keep the because that that could have been a lot worse for Luton than towards the second half. Uh, but he made some two yeah. great saves to keep him in that game. I still think I don't think Luton can be too disheartened about that. I think they. I think that every Luton fan went into that game expecting a loss. Um, at best, a point in a derby. In a derby, yeah. I think you look at the quality difference. Do we? Right, okay. When we go into a game at home to Ipswich, yeah. When they, you know, when they were finishing bottom. Um, we 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 were three 0 that season. Did we go? Did we go into that game thinking, I am gonna lose? 
Or did they go in that game thinking, I think, I think no. any derby day. Right. I'm going to interrupt your, um, your Norwich talk. I'm going to interrupt your Anglia talk. And we're going to get talking about Swansea's solid yeah, best start. Move on before we get and, to the bay. <laughs> and how Swansea have continued their unbeaten start. Well, yeah. And very close to a perfect start. I mean, they again have come up with two very high quality players scoring the goals Andre Ayo and Jamal Lowe in the first half against a Wickham side who. There's not, not much more we can say now. We've said a lot about Wickham. Yeah. They're struggling to find their stride. And hopefully you always are when soon. you're going to be playing a team like Swansea. And Andre Ayo obviously is premierly proven. I think for, the thing for Wickham will be about getting their fans back into that ground. Because if they, for me, if they can get their fans back into... No, but any, any game away from home, as good as a team might be, if you get home fans giving you a little... Even if it's not many fans. Like with Norwich with a thousand fans, you know, still made noise. Fans are fans, back in a ground, that's all that really you can take from them. Right, well, just, just to add to that game, uh, a very underrated player, I think, is Bidwell for Swansea. Uh, he's got two assists so far. He should have had another one in this game against Wickham. He's getting, he's getting these uh, crosses into the box as a I mean, he's fullback. Very I think, modern day. I, I, I think he is a very good player, and I think with him and Ayu, I think Swansea can get a lot of goals. Especially down that side, yeah. Right, let's rattle through the next few. Barnsley versus Coventry, nil-nil. Uh, I think Coventry will be disheartened. Yeah, they obviously I won really think Coventry should have tried to get more out of that game. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they didn't try. I think they'll be kind of disheartened. I think Barnsley will be Even though they're away from home, you really have got to try and capitalise on those chances where you play teams that are on paper, still on your shoot. level, or maybe slightly under. It's a good point I, for Barnsley as well. Good point for Barnsley. Clean sheets again, I will highlight that. Um, you can't be too disheartened by a clean sheet. First, first point for Barnsley, but still not scored a goal yet this season. Three games in. Silas, Nottingham Forest. Very worrying. Um, yeah, we'll move on to the, the one of the most dramatic games yeah. of the weekend. Uh, two very late penalties in this one. Rotherham getting an 87th minute penalty, first of all. Um, and then Birmingham, three minutes later, also converting from the penalty spot. Uh, one all draw in a game that I think as a Rotherham fan you'd be annoyed you didn't hold on to the win scoring that late on Yeah. but I think on paper if you'd have said to a Rotherham fan before the game would you take a draw and snap your arm off especially over especially against the Birmingham side who have had a very very good start to the season I'd also like to add that those two penalties were both in my opinion very soft penalties but the phrase you've seen them given always comes to mind when a soft penalty gets mentioned seen them given you have seen them given. You have seen them given. Right. Let's Let you take the next one. I, I'm not going to speak on this one too right, much. I'll, then I'll speak um, on it. I'll, I mean, <laughs> I'll start us off, but there's not too much for me to say with this one. Um, Cardiff 1, Reading 2. Completing our perfect start. First time Reading have won three games in a row at the start of the season since 1985. That's my stat of the day. That's the best, best one I'm going to give you. Michael Morrison scoring a diving header from a Michael Elise free kick just after half-time before Lucas Jow sat his defender on the floor, converting down the middle of the goal. Keeper should have done better for that one. And then a very scrappy Cardiff consolation in the 81st minute. Actually, I'm very surprised Cardiff didn't get something out of the game coming towards the end of it. Reading had three players go off of injured. Felipe Arabrunia, Lucas Jow and Yaku Mate all had to leave the field injured. Uh, they kind of were very much on top of us for the last 10 minutes. 10 minutes of added time in that game as well, let's not forget. There was a lot of chances Cardiff had towards the end of that game to win it. Um, I think you can't put anything down um, past Reading's solid defensive pairing. Michael Morrison 
and Liam Moore and Rafael Cabral Barbosa in the net doing bits as he has done so many times. Well, yeah, no, so, like you say, purpose up for Reddy McCardiff. It's just been so inconsistent. You see, they got, they got three points against Forest, but you know they've lost two games so far. It's just it's it's not ideal for them. But you know, not a good start. They, not good for if them. If they want to get into the top six, I mean, they need I think we are. They need the, to find the, the, the one thing I will say is I think Reading are becoming a bit of a bogey team for Cardiff. We played them four times last season. Um, not once did they get a result over on us. Uh, we did them 3-0 at the Medeski Stadium towards the start of the season. Oh yeah, George Puskas. Um, one, of them, one, game, one of the only games that George Puskas has put on a masterclass performance to prove his £10 million worth. Um, other than that, in the other three times we faced him, we drew every single time. Two one-all draws and a three-all draw after a big thriller in an FA Cup replay that took to penalties when Sam Walker, the backup goalkeeper out with his master heroics, I'm talking about Reading too much. Let's move on right. to what I would again label a Blackburn Rovers Blackburn Rovers result of the weekend. Again, yeah, Dolan. Obviously, I mentioned him earlier. He's getting on the goal sheet again. And Bradley Johnson again. It's the same three players: him. Dolan, Johnson, and Armstrong. And to be fair, they've been torn been, Derby apart. They've been three. They've been the three standout players in the championship so far this season. Flat. Three goals in fifteen minutes. Wow. Oh. Wow, wow, wow. Tore them apart within 15 minutes and that's it. Game's then done. And you see those 15 minutes, their first goal didn't come until the 11th minute. So all three of those goals were within four minutes of each other. Derby just completely collapsed. The defence was switched off. I mean, the first goal, where was the defence? Dolan just tapped that into an empty net. I think the, one, the shot came across, hit the post, came out to it and he just tapped it in. No, no defence anywhere near him. That's, that comes, I think, just to touch on that. Alertness from a defender's point of view. I think that's what Derby potentially lacked this season. They, again, might have gone into the season players potentially a bit too on a high horse. Um, I think hopefully at this point they'll be knocked off that high horse um, of they shouldn't really be where they are. I'll rephrase that. They shouldn't be where they are at all in the state they are in. It's shocking. Um, to be quite honest, for a club of Derby's stature. Would you be surprised if I told you that Derby had 63% possession in that game? Uh, no, I wouldn't at all because that is a very Derby County thing to do. Is, especially at home as well. Also, to concede 23 shots at home to a Blackburn side when having 63% possession is disgraceful. Exactly. And they only themselves, themselves, they only had five shots on target in that entire game. Uh, just to also mention Bradley Johnson, two incredible goals. The first one, a low drive outside the box. The second one, a volley that took a deflection, which went over uh, David Marshall. But Blackburn, they like you said, uh, uh, the weekend, dark horse. Dark horse. I do fancy him. I, I think they've got a lot of potential. You look at... A lot of potential for this season. Uh, Tony Mowbray, obviously, at the helm. Yeah. Very, he's been at the helm for a very, very long time. He's a good manager. Very he's good. a good manager. And, look and he's them. got potential to take places. They're catastrophic in front of goal. 11 goals in three games. That's five more than the next, the top two, the current top two. Who even, have six. even after the restart, they were scoring goals for fun. They've got the players it's, to do it. I, you know what? I wouldn't even call them a dark horse for the playoffs. I think they're a dark horse for autos at this point in time. Um, that may come back to bite me um, come, come <laughs> the end of the season. What are you been I, drinking? Yazoo banana flavour. Sponsorship deals. Um, no, I'm... Please do. <laughs> joking aside, right? I, I do think they could do it. Yeah. You do have dark horses come around every season. Uh, they might be one of the teams that we see in the top four come Christmas time and they may be back mid-table come the end of the season. The way they're playing right now, you have to fancy them to go all the way. 
Hundred percent. Right, I'll move on to the next. Or, or hang on, you want to have something? No. I'm ready to go on to the next one. Oh, let, let him have it. He, you, he's you, raring. He's ready like and raring. You look, you look like you want, to, you want to have it. or I really want to have this one because it was a, it was Mill, it's Millwall 1, Brentford 1. And I just want to say that first, the, first, the Millwall's opener, Mason Bennett completely did Janssen for that goal. To the point where Janssen was spinning on the spot, his boot came flying off. <laughs> And he was just left for dust. I bet you were absolutely loving watching that one. I was loving that. Um, Again, a London derby game. So another one of the derby games that we've got lined up in game week three. Um, Kind of an underwhelming one all in all, I think. Apart from obviously the inevitable entertainment. Jed Wallace has had a very good start to this. Yeah, Jed Wallace again with an early goal. Ivan Tony off the mark for Brentford. Obviously coming in to replace Ollie Watkins who has gone to the Premier League. Brilliant striker, both of them. Um, I think they've done a very good bit of business there to get Ivan Tony in. Um, yes, the goal was a penalty. Um, kind of the game seemed to... But that will set him up. That will set him up for the season. That will start him off. Give him, his, um, give him the confidence. I can see him doing very, very good things. Um, yeah. Should we move on to... Just, uh, just to add there for the Millwall, any Millwall fans, listen, uh, that was another very soft penalty. It was like two hand. He did have two hands on his back, so it had to be given, but... I didn't see you've seen him given you've seen him given you've seen him given can we change the podcast as like you've seen, you've seen no we're not changing the name we've done all the promo we've got, <laughs> you've seen him given no promotion on a budget because look at the end of the day that's what half of these clubs are, doing, are trying to do exactly. get promotion on, on a budget. budget right if you ever wonder where the name you wanna, came from <laughs> who, who do you want to take Who's, who wants right, the next I'll one I'll take the next one uh, have, before you take this one have you seen the Barcuse I'll let you take it have you seen the Barcuse? We'll take we'll take this one. I'll say what what do you think for starters? I think he's very unlucky with that. Soft for me. Very, very soft. First. Uh, not two footed. It's a 50-50 ball, maybe a 60-40 ball um, to his disadvantage. You you look it's at rough. it you look at it first time, you think that's a red card because the the Stoke player gets the ball first and then he goes in with his two feet. But when you look at it back, he slips when he's running for the ball and it makes it look like a two-foot challenge. And it's I've, so watched, I've watched that tackle back probably about six times in the last 24 hours, let alone for the fact that, bearing in mind today is Monday, um, the game happened over a day ago. On the day, I watched it a good few times over and over, baffled as someone who... For me, when I've played, I'm a defender. I looked at that and was like, how on earth is that a red card? You've seen them given. I get why the referee might have given it. I think it's harsh. And I imagine Preston will appeal that um, and likely could get, um, get him back. That killed, that killed the game for Preston. Preston were all over Stoke in those uh, opening... I had some minutes. very, very good chances in very the opening good changes. But just to talk about Stoke in this game... Their goal was very good. Obi's, Obi's pass went right round the front of the defence. And then for Gregory, another uh, top championship striker, especially when he was at Millwall, uh, just had to tap it home. And I thought, I thought that was a very good play from Stoke, but Preston will feel very hard done by that game because that's a game that they should have got points from and right. maybe would have if they didn't get the red card. So the last Saturday game, Ducca, you take Right, so QPR won, Middlesbrough won, Bright. Osa, I can't even say his name, but I'm going to Bright call him Bright Samuel, the youngster. I'm going to call him Bright. I'm yeah, the sure. young, young winger uh, getting on the score sheet for QPR. And Tuba Atpom getting off the mark for Middlesbrough on his debut, wasn't it? Yes. It was his debut. Um, uh, I don't know. I was, well, I don't know his debut. It was his first goal of the season. Um, good start. Uh, 
Middlesbrough getting the early goal. Uh, but then nine minutes later, QPR equalised. I think both teams. I think both teams be happy with the result. I think Middlesbrough. Both teams will have wanted to have got a win going into it, but uh, I don't think they can complain too yeah. much about a draw. Um, all in all, a fairly kind of decent result for both teams. In you'd be looking at whoever lost that game would be kind of looking at it quite disappointed. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to Sunday. Takes away for the early kickoff in that game, Lewis. Right, so we had Bristol City, uh, high-flying, taking on Sheffield Wednesday, and it was a 2-0 uh, win for Bristol City. Very even first half. Uh, I don't think there was much in it at all, but in the second half, Bristol City just came out fighting. It was too much for Sheffield. It was a lovely cross in the box uh, by, I uh, don't know who did the cross, but Martin, it was a nice goal because the cross came in, then Martin headed it across the box, and then it was tapped in by Rowe. So it was a very good team goal, just direct football, but you sometimes see in the championship, well, traditionally, but you know what I mean. Uh, well, traditionally, going back a few years, I think more, more nowadays, I mean, you guys have seen it yourselves, it has become a bit more of a tippy-tappy league. Still not as much as the Premier League. No, definitely um, not. Still is deserving of the title of the best league in the world. Um, and its reasons are for goals like we've already highlighted and for moves like that in direct and how direct they are. There was a brilliant finish as well by Patterson who's been doing really well this this uh, opening three games. He sort of just cut into the box and just like a finesse sort of goal as that bottom corner. That was a very good goal and a very good win for Crystal City. That's three wins, maximum points. I mean, they're top yeah, of the they're table now. They're top of the table on alphabetical order. I love the alphabet. Um, right, right, I'll, 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 I'll alley this one up for you two to absolutely right. tear your teeth I've got, into. I've got something to say. Bournemouth here. 1, Norwich City 0. Two newly relegated teams, a 35th minute goal, the difference between the two sides. Take it away, boys. Right, so obviously, uh, uh, Dan Juma Gruneveld got the goal after 35 minutes. And you know what, Norwich didn't play poorly. But we didn't look like we were going to score. We didn't ever look like we were going to score. And the reason for that is because we didn't start our best technical player, Emiliano Buendia. And do you know why? He was match fit. He was ready. Manager said he didn't want to start him because he can't handle transfer speculation. But there's no, there was no real speculation about him. It was more Todd Cantwell. Uh, and he didn't play either. And what really annoyed me, you know, Farker is a youth coach. He's, he's an ex-youth coach. He's, he's used to managing youth players he's used to developing players and if players don't have the right attitude or whatever or something like that he won't play them but in this league in professional first team football if your best player is fit and ready to play you play him because that's how you're going to get results as much as this is going to absolutely rattle you and you're going to hate me for saying it transfer speculation is living room free in Emi Buendia's head evidently maybe not Emi Buendia maybe it's living room free in Farker's head Either way, I agree with what you're saying. If he's fit, if you've got to play him. The only way that you wouldn't play him is if there's potentially an offer on the table that's not public and there could be something going but on But still, there if, he's, like, if he's our player now and he won't be next week playing while we've got him... You can't, but this is where a player will refuse to play. If the player knows they're on their way out, they will refuse to play because if they get injured, that Farc- deal's then gone. But the fact is, Fark is very public with the fans and he would have made it known if, when the... Uh, Focusing focus back on the game, I think when you've got two teams that have just come down from the Premier League and you face each other... Whoever wins that, that will be a big boost of confidence because they have a direct right. Because every team who comes down will expect playoffs or promotion. Bournemouth will be very happy with that win. Norwich, I just didn't think get going. I think Krull kept them in quite a lot of the, quite a lot of the game. I just don't think we're clinical. Or Norwich are clinical enough in front of goal. There's not enough closing down for the goal as well for Dan Juma. No, he had a lot of space. I mean, I think 
if I, I'll just re- I'll take this one off here and I'll quickly wrap it up. Yeah. Um, in bef- just before we summarise what's what the kind of current league table and current standings are in everything for the league. Um, I as much as you boys do, I hope this isn't the start of a sinking ship for Norwich. No, it's not going to be that they're going to sink all the way down. Hopefully, this is just them. This game doesn't result in them missing out. I do think they will finish in the top three. Um, and you, I'll come on to that in the league predictions video. Um, however, I do hope this is not them potentially slipping away from being right up there because I think they've got the quality to be. I'm going to have the last word on that one because I'm going to keep you quiet. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> let us have a final little summary of the start of these game weeks before we wrap up this, what has been a very, very long um, kind of bit of us sitting down and talking. Let's kick off with the obvious. Uh, looking at the lead table, Bristol City and Reading both leading the way. Nine points from a possible nine. Both teams having scored six, conceded one. Uh, just a stat for just because I've found it and I really enjoy it. These guys might have something on Bristol City. Reading have had 20 shots in their three games this season, 14 of which have been on target, six of which have ended up in the net. Clinical. Um, have you guys got anything on Bristol? I mean, we've kind of highlighted they've been very solid. Um, I think they have got potential looking at their start to kick on. Well, that's it. I think a few seasons ago, they also started very well. And they were in the round playoffs and even top two at the time, but they always dropped off. And it's just a matter of them, can they keep it up? That's, that's literally I think they've started very well. If they can keep it up, fair play to them. And it's always been that struggle for them. It's been the same with uh, similar to Preston. And it's just... A matter of if, if those clubs start well, even Brentford as well in previous years, they can start well, they've got to be able to finish well, and it's just a matter of matter how they do the rest of the season. I was going to say, I don't think you can look too deep into a league table three games. I think you've got to wait till at least ten games to sort of see where the sort of picture is lying. But, I mean, Bristol City and Brennan, brilliant start. That's the sort of start you want. Going at, Even the teams who have got seven points, Swansea, Bournemouth, Watford... Yeah, every I would say every team that's undefeated. If you look at this, Bristol, Reading, Swansea, Bournemouth, Watford, Birmingham, and Millwall all yet to lose a game. Obviously, with the two latter having drawn two games, hence them being sat on five points. I think if you have gone three games undefeated at the start of the season, you can't hate it. This league is all about momentum. It's about not losing games, just picking up points and just getting them out week after week. Right. Do you want to start us off looking down the bottom side of the table, Lewis? There's a few bits going on down there. Well, let's I mean, touch on that. I mean, let's look at the surprise down here. We've got Derby sitting in the relegation zone, and then we've just got Forest just sitting up, uh, sitting above it, both on zero points. I mean, they have two teams that everyone would expect to be in the playoffs or fighting for the playoffs this season. The other two, Wickham, Sheffield. I mean, most people would have expected Wickham to be down there. Sheffield, they're still trying to catch up to get on positive they're not points. Getting, they're not far away now. I mean, they're on minus eight, so... Maybe in a few weeks they get people in so they can get back into that positive. But just because yeah. everyone loves a goal. Let's touch on the goals really quickly. Uh, Blackburn, highest goal scorers in the league, 11 goals in three games. No matter what you say, um, you can't hate yeah. it. It's impressive. Uh, Derby and Wickham, leaky defences, eight goals conceded in their three games each. Wickham will be disappointed with that again coming into a new league. Derby, Derby more so than everyone. Uh, I'm going to ra- absolutely rattle through these Swansea. Swansea and Watford the only teams yet to concede 
Watford, I, Watford, I expected it. Swansea, not so much. But not so much, but again, they're one of the teams that's up there. You've got to give them it. It's impressive. Uh, Barnsley, Nottingham Forest, Wickham, all teams yet to get on the Wickham screen. Wickham and Barnsley, you'd expect. Nottingham Forest. Nottingham what Forest, is, that's, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole it, video still, still podcast in itself. Uh, the two do- top goal scorers, as it stands in the championship, both Blackburn players. Well, I mean, you'd expect it with being 11 goals in three games. Adam Armstrong with five, Bradley Johnson with three, and nine players across the rest of the team. Can we just, sat can on we just two add, goals. as Lewis said earlier in, in, in the podcast, Bradley Johnson is a centre midfielder, not a centre attack midfielder, a centre midfielder. Shows how good he is. Uh, in terms of assists so far, we have Jake Bidwell of Swansea, Paddy McNair of Middlesbrough, Michael Elisa of Reading, Ken Semmer of Watford, Chris Martin of Bristol City, and Joe Rothwell of Blackburn, all sat on two assists. Quite an even game, obviously. As the season goes on, all of that will open up a bit more, um, as is expected every right. single season. Um, and, and, I mean, has anyone got any more points they want to add? Or I think it's been a very interesting start to the championship season. It's been a lot of teams where they shouldn't be, a, a lot, lot of teams, teams where, where I don't expect them yeah. to be. Has anyone got any last points? Or shall we wrap this up? We'll wrap it up there, I think. I think that's just the joy of the championship. It is the joy of the championship. The joy of the ride. And just to put the last cherry on top, that is how you try and achieve promotion on a budget. I don't think there's anything more I can say about that. Um, for those who are tuned on the podcast, thank you very much. Feel free to head over to the YouTube, check out the full or the highlight clips of the video that will be coming out soon. Obviously, this will be launched on the 1st of October. If you haven't already, feel free to head over, check out our socials. And for the YouTube scene, so I'm not looking down at a phone that's recording our audio, please, please, please feel free. We have Twitter, we have Instagram. All links will be down in the description. Feel free to check them out. And I'd also go follow us on Spotify. Oh, yeah. You've got to plug, you've got to plug, um, you've got to plug it. Yeah. And as much as I've talk, talked about Ren and these boys have talked about Norwich, it's a championship podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Get, get in touch. Get involved. And you never know, we might be able to make certain things happen. We'll look, we'll look to try and get some more people involved so it's not just three football fans talking constantly about their own teams. We'll branch out. We'll get more people involved. We want to make this as interesting as possible and try and really get in touch with as many people as we can so I think that's it from me anyone else got anything to add? No I think that's a lovely Yeah, you've you've said it all mate Well we will leave it there this has been the episode one promotion on a budget podcast and YouTube video thanks for tuning in check out the socials see you next time thank you and goodbye